Hey, listeners, get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road, work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is about how to create better meetings. Meetings are a necessary tool to do many modern jobs. Other people know things that we don't. These people are unlikely to show up at our offices unbidden at the exact moment we wish to see them. They are unlikely to be ready to talk about exactly what we wish to discuss. So we schedule mutually agreeable times to meet. Hence, meetings. But like email, meetings are a tool to do our jobs. They are not the job itself. And as I look at people's schedules, I see that in many cases, there are so many meetings that they may as well be the job because there's no time to do anything else. That would be fine if every meeting was the best possible use of everyone's time. But in an organization with a meeting-heavy culture, the only way to get people to pay attention to a project is to call a meeting. So then you wind up with meetings that result only in finding out that, yep, Everyone is still doing her job. Well, maybe, because the meeting has been rescheduled twice to accommodate the senior person who keeps getting called into other meetings. To solve that problem of scheduling, people create recurring meetings, ones that always happen at the same time. That seems efficient, but these meetings then no longer need to justify their place on people's calendars. And there can be a lot of them. I was giving a speech once where a woman stood up to say that she'd tracked her time and studied her calendar and realized that before she even got a say over her schedule, she was booked into 100 hours of recurring meetings per month. That's about 25 hours per week. So she worked with her manager and teams and got this down to 60 hours per month or about 15 hours per week. This was being told as a happy story, but 15 hours before you even get to the one-off stuff, is a lot. If you waste your own time, that's one thing. But a six-person meeting wasting six people's time is far more expensive. Once a second is gone, it's gone. All the money in the world will never buy that time back. But I do think there are ways to make meetings efficient, effective, and even pleasurable. The best book I've ever read on this is called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Parker, who plans events for clients, is often pulling together multi-day retreats. But a lot of her advice is smart, even for your standard Tuesday morning staff meeting. The first step in convening people meaningfully, she writes, is committing to a bold, sharp purpose. Practically, this means that something needs to change in the world as a result of your meeting. Parker suggests working backward from a desired outcome. This brings focus to a meeting, she says, 
It may even help a host decide whether a meeting is necessary for that outcome or whether an email will do. You honor the people at your meeting by making sure you're convening them for a real reason. Second, think about who should be there and just as important, who shouldn't be there. Clearly, you aren't going to invite someone who will actively sabotage your meeting. But people invite others all the time just to keep them informed or be nice or to avoid having people feel left out. We think it's collegial. Here's a thought. Your meeting is not the cool kids' table at the cafeteria. People who aren't fulfilling the purpose of your gathering are detracting from it, even if they do nothing to detract from it, Parker writes. Particularly in smaller gatherings, every single person affects the dynamic of a group. You want to make sure that everyone who is in the room is participating for every minute they are there. If that's not the case, the meeting should be shorter or have fewer people. Or people can come for certain agenda items and then leave. A good, tight meeting leaves no space for multitasking. Third, think about the whole flow of the meeting, beginning to end. It goes without saying that a meeting needs an agenda. This means that the host needs to exercise benevolent authority to make sure the gathering is moving toward its desired outcome. Parker also tells people to pay close attention to the beginning of a meeting. Often, she laments, people start gatherings with housekeeping and logistics. It seems necessary, but you are missing an opportunity to sear your gathering's purpose into the minds of your guests, she writes. She suggests thinking about a hotel lobby or the first line of a novel. A good opening honors and awes the people being drawn in. Maybe that sounds like a bit much for your Tuesday morning staff meeting, but you could go around the table and have each person share one meaningful thing related to the topic at hand. This can build trust. Groups that trust each other produce better outcomes. Endings matter too. Sadly, many meetings drag on far too long with people fidgeting and the organizer unsure how to wrap things up. Or, failing in a different direction, people stop precisely at 2.58 without changing what they've been gathered to change in the world because everyone needs to march like middle schoolers to the 3 o'clock class that inevitably follows the two o'clock class. You want to leave with action items, but I also like the idea of ending the meeting with feedback. What was good about the meeting? What can be changed so future meetings are better? We spend so much time in meetings that anything done to improve them can have a huge payoff. I know all this planning and intention might seem like a lot for a meeting, but that's the point. You can't have 14 meetings like this each day. But that doesn't mean you should lower your standards. It means you shouldn't have 14 meetings a day. So look over your schedule and figure out which meetings should be given loving attention. And which need to be put out of their misery. I promise you'll soon be feeling less busy while getting more done. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. 
You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Hey, listeners. I know you love mornings. And with nearly 300 beaches in Puerto Rico, each one is a reason to wake up early and catch a picture-perfect sunrise. Puerto Rico has nearly 300 miles of coastline, and the island's diverse geography offers everything, from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches and beaches perfect for water sports. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.